Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, happy Friday and welcome to another episode of TGIF. Um, so don't mind me. I was at another event earlier today. Um, I'm hosting this like 90s explosion event in, in my hometown of Providence, Rhode Island, and they kept giving me drinks. So I just want to issue a disclaimer right now that I'm as drunk, I'm as um, buzz as Funky Dineva is when he goes down to the Han- the bar with the Hanukkah Crosby. So anyways, with that being said, welcome to TGIF. Listen, we're going to go through a whole bunch of hot topics and all that's trending, all the stuff that you little shady people on Instagram are talking about. So without any further ado, let me introduce my fabulous co-host. Um, okay. Please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host, Funky Dineva. <laughs> Why is that still funny? <laughs> What's going on, Claudia? Hey, boo. And please welcome brand strategist and OnlyFans thoughts, Al Reynolds. What's up, Claudia? Hey, uh, how you doing? How, how was y'all week? It was long. Uh, long and hard? Ooh. Put away wet. <laughs> you starting already. Roll long and hard and put away wet. My weekend was a drunken blur. So I saw you got your Instagram page back and you got Kenny on your Instagram page. Now, Kenny is the reason why your Instagram page got shut off because I believe you Part posted him on reason. your page busting it wide open. And then yeah. I saw him on your page with the waist trainer on, but the train <laughs> the waist was refusing to be trained. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, you know, everybody loves Miss Kenny, and um, she loves, when she get a couple drinks in her, she loves rolling what I call her kiki down to the bar all on the ground, and this just created this whole comedy series, because Howie, the bar owner, it just completely disdains Kenny rolling around on the ground, running off the customers, but Kenny does not care, he puts on full burlesque shows, and the people on social media love it, and here's a fun fact, because of my Instagram, a casting director reached out to me, saw Kenny, and actually cast Kenny in the City Girls video. What? That. Wow. So you, you never know where being your authentic self will get you. He's in the City Girls video jobs and has a talking part, a speaking role, and everything. What? Shout out to yeah. Kenny. So Al and I are planning on visiting Funky Dineva in Miami. So we're going to plan a weekend. It's either going to be Miami or maybe a Vegas weekend or maybe both. So mm-hmm. I, I got to meet Kenny. I got to meet Kenny. I will make it happen. Now, Al Reynolds, how, how was your week? Listen, my week was way too long, working way too hard. But, you know, we got through it, and I'm going to turn up this weekend. I need it. And the pool is open. D.C.'s open today. To D.C. open tonight. Finally, our pool oh, in the complex is open. So it's about to be a hot boy summer for me. <laughs> Mm, hot by summer, huh? <laughs> well, Al, you going out tonight? Absolutely. 
Elle, are you in a relationship? Are you dating anybody? Are you having relations with anybody? No, no. Single because like and mingling. Al, a lot of have not figured out who this white man is that's always at your house. <laughs> <laughs> who is the white man now? He's the lighting guy. Why do you guys keep asking me the same thing over? So and over? you have just a lighting guy, like not he. <laughs> that's all he does is lighting. Well, he's the lighting guy, but he's also a realtor. But I replaced him because I got a new guy now, which we were working on some new things, but it didn't work. So we weren't able to use the new guy. Let me tell you why it doesn't work. Why? You got to get someone that is specific to that thing you need. And, <laughs> and Q, you can feel me on this, okay? You ever go to the hood and it's got donuts and dry cleaning? One uh -huh. of them are not going to be good. Uh -huh, you know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Like, they're not in the, even the same wheelhouse. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, Al, who is this friend? Is this someone that you just want to, like, throw a little few bones to or one bone to? <laughs> Claudia is ready today. Okay. No, it's strictly professional. 100% strictly professional. Okay, I just anyway. don't understand how the rest of us are getting by with a ring light and a lamp <laughs> with a standard GE light bulb, 100 watt light bulb, and you got a whole staff back there. Right. How's the, Q, how's the lightest one guy, the lightest guy here have a whole lighting team? Right. And his lighting is, it's okay. It's not fantastic. It ain't no like, oh, it's amazing. I'm mad at that. I know we're gonna get it together. We're gonna get it right sooner than later. I promise you, it's gonna get better. So Q, we Al and I called you. We were blowing up your phone the other day, and people were like, "What's the good news?" So there is some good news, but we're not gonna disclose it tonight. But there is some news that we will disclose down the line. So in the comments in YouTube, you all can put in the comments what you think it may or may not be. I will say that. Dineva might be buying a, a Range Rover after this. I'm just saying. <laughs> that was the conversation we had. Yeah, I just might be buying, <laughs> buying a Range Rover to complement the M440i convertible. <laughs> okay, well, we'll leave it at that. Um, you, we, we talked in the group chat, and you said you don't think we should announce what the announcement is. But let me just tell you, it's a good thing. And with that being said, let's get into the show. Before we get started... We want to send our condolences to the family and friends and loved ones of comedian Paul Mooney. He was 79 years old and one of the most funniest comedics, com comedians that has ever hit the stage and so controversial and so bold. So thoughts and prayers go to him. He passed away this week. What do you remember about Paul Mooney's comedy and how do you feel about the loss of Paul Mooney? So, you know, I got a question and I know it's an inappropriate question. They say you're not supposed to ask, but do we know how he passed? Yes. He had a heart attack at his home. Okay. That's um, how he passed. Okay. I uh, I saw a clip today that was floating around on Facebook that I connected with when uh, an interviewer was asking Paul Mooney about some of the controversial things that come out of his mouth. And he, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was saying that basically the things that come out of his mouth surprises him and that fear is something that he does not have. And he said he has not, have been, not been fearful since he was seven years old. And he was like, I'm even surprised at some of the things that come out of my mouth, but I tell it how I feel it. And, you know, me being Funky Dineva Ross, I really connected with that on a deep spiritual level because that is me wrapped up in a, in a, in a nutshell. I get mm -hmm. complimented and I get praised so much for keeping it real or giving straight talk. And I don't understand why something that comes so natural that everybody should be able to do doesn't happen 
for everybody. So I really connected to Paul Mooney, um, actually for the first time when I saw that video. Uh, Paul Mooney also, I went to a roast of Paul Mooney back in LA when I used to live out there and it was so funny. Um, what I like about Paul Mooney is, you know, he goes way back. I think he wrote a lot for Eddie Murphy, I believe. Mm -hmm. Richard Pryor, I'm sorry, Richard Pryor. And, you know, at a time where black comedians, I basically Richard Pryor was like the main guy that was out there. And he was so pro-black. He's maintained that in his whole career. He didn't he didn't temper that down. He didn't whitewash himself. He didn't he didn't ease up off the gas. He kept the same energy his entire career. And he went hard for black America. And I really want folks to really take a moment to respect that because in this business, you know, when you start getting to a certain level, people want to like, oh, maybe you shouldn't say this, shouldn't say that. Uh, the, the big wigs are looking. He gave zero FUXs. And I love how committed he was to, to you know, his position. That's what I got to say about Paul Mooney. <laughs> Let me tell you how great Paul Mooney was in my mind. Remember, Paul Mooney went from being a ringmaster in a circus. That was his job when he moved from the East Coast to the West Coast in Oakland. So he went from being a ringmaster at a circus, and it was being that ringmaster at the circus that got him the writing job for Richard Pryor. Now, the most exciting thing to me that I think about when I think about him, he was also a writer for Red Fox. Um, he did Sanford and Son. He was a writer for Eddie Murphy. He wrote for In Living Color. He wrote for The Chappelle Show. Um, he discovered, he discovered and gave uh, opportunities to people like Robin Williams, Sandra Bernhardt, Marshall uh, Warfield, John Witherspoon, and Tim Reed. This guy is a culture curator. And this guy arguably is one of the most, I would say, brilliant people in the comedy game. Um, unfortunately, like you said, you know, some of his, his brashness was taken out of context. He was just a, a, a brilliant genius and he's done a lot of great work. And you asked the question, you said, what do you remember him by? I remember him by in living colors, um, homie, the clown. You remember that y'all remember mm -hmm. homie, the clown, the only living mm -hmm. color. He was actually the person that came up with that character for Marlon Wayans. He's hilarious. <laughs> My bad. I'm not home, you guys. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Lord, oh, there are way too many times. <laughs> we don't say rest in peace. Rest in peace to Paul Mooney and his family. Uh, why am I saying um, that? I'm going to need people to um, I need people to really start giving people their flowers while they're here. Because right. everyone says all these amazing things about people once they're gone. And I just really want folks to do it while people are here. Girl, we heard we heard this diatribe when DMX died. We don't need another one, Claudia. Yeah, we do, but we do, but we do though. I think I think we do. I feel like everyone's so nice when someone's dead. And they're not nice when people are alive. I they're just not. want you to get on your soapbox. That's all. I'm not, because we're moving on. Um, Wednesday, Emmy Award-winning actor Billy Porter revealed he's HIV positive, a secret that he kept for nearly 14 years. Now the post star opened up to the Hollywood Reporter and said he lived in shame for years because of his religious upbringing. He told the magazine, HIV positive, where I come from, growing up in the Pentecostal church, was a very religious, I was a, in a very religious family and they thought about it as God's punishment. Do you think Billy Porter's honesty will break the stigma and shame around HIV in the black community? Or what do you feel about this? I mean, he's beloved. 
But to come out with this and to know, I had no idea he's been living with us for 14 years. Well, I mean, no, I don't think anyone did. Um, and at the end of the day, somebody's health status, whether it be asthma, HIV, or, or, or mesothelioma, is really nobody's business. Um, but I do commend him. And to answer your question, I definitely do think that it will uh, help lend itself to changing the stigma around uh, HIV and AIDS, especially when you talk about somebody who is an Oscar away from an EGOT. You know, there's so many mm -hmm. misconceptions that people with AIDS or HIV, they look away or they're promiscuous or they're poor or they're on heroin and so on and so forth. And this definitely lends itself to, to breaking that stigma. And it may also help other people um, join him. He's not the only one in Hollywood. He's not the only one. He's not the only one in my apartment building. He ain't the only one in our families. Um, you know, we come in contact with people who are HIV positive every single day of our lives. And I think that, you know, he was very right in terms of the stigma surrounding, especially being his age, um, because people did treat you differently. I have a, a story I'll never forget. I had a cousin who in the 90s, um, you know, contracted the virus. And I'll never forget, he came, him and his mom came to my house. He was in a wheelchair. He was in the last stages and he wanted some water. And I went and got him a glass of water. I was a, a preteen. And I'll never forget, my mom scolded me in the kitchen for giving him one of our real cups. And she was like, why didn't you give him a plastic cup? Um, you know what I'm saying? And when they left, she threw the glass away. You know what I'm saying? And so it's reasons like that, the ignorance surrounding the virus, the misinformation, why people hold that type of information because they see how people have been treated. And um, I commend Billy um, for doing that because it, it, it's not easy in, in the world that we live in. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that's, I, I think it's important. I mean, What's mesothelioma exactly? <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is, but I know they got a class action lawsuit. You can call Morgan and Morgan and get you $20 million if you got it from the baby powder. Or I think the baby you know powder gives people mesothelioma. You guys are off the chain. I have to say, Claudia, that for me, I, I looked at his Hollywood Reporter um, interview, and if anybody who's at earmark of my voice, you guys really need to go online and look at that interview. It was really, really, really impactful and, and just heart-wrenching. Gotta, we got to understand that uh, Billy Porter is a trailblazer in this space, using his platform to speak to something that it disproportionately affects our African-American community, okay? Just over 40% of every HIV person in the U.S. is African-American, right? And more than 40% of new HIV infections that occur in the US are African-American. So someone like this using their platform to educate others is, is very empowering and it's powerful to help us stay alive longer and also to help us bring those numbers down. The African-American community is suffering around this disease and it's not only just affecting gay and bisexual men, it's also affecting heterosexual women. So. Kudos to um, Billy Porter for taking this step out on, you know, 
the limb with this because that's very hard. And and, and it, it, I just say kudos to him and my hat is off to Billy Porter. I'm a fan now. I can't say that I was much of a fan before, but I can definitely tell you now that I, I rock with Billy Porter. I'm not going to lie. There was a time I was like, oh, he's so like, is it attention seeking? But right. you know what? This is the the way you use the attention that's on you in the spotlight and, and then the, the momentum that you have to really make a difference. And I apologize to even thinking that for any, any, even for a second, he, he is, this is such an important step to make because this is hard to be this brave right. and bold to put this out there 14 years in and at the height of his career. So Billy Porter, I respect you and, and I salute you. Hats off to you for, for, for doing this. And, and we appreciate you. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more TGIF when we return after this break. Welcome back to TGIF. All you people in the YouTube comments, I see you. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we've been looking forward to the show <laughs> all uh, week. You what? Need, you need a Wendy's chili. <laughs> <laughs> Your ass is over there three sheets for the damn Wendy's. She needs some crackers. <laughs> Somebody get up. Uh, get up <laughs> throw the water. Somebody I don't have any water. water. Claudia, I'm people. Claudia people. You need some coffee or something. I'm in Rhode Island. I haven't been out here in a while. And I'm just like so happy. A lot of good things are happening right now. Anyways, let's get on to the show. Okay. Russell Simmons. We haven't heard about him in a while. Ever since he fled the country and went to Bali. He's suing his ex-wife, Kamora Lee Simmons. He's accusing her of stealing his stock shares to pay her current husband's bail in a money laundering case. What do y'all think about this? And are you surprised that Russell's suing his ex-wife? And who knew that all this was going on? Did y'all know? So, this is one of those situations where we definitely gonna need Al and his expertise from the 40 jobs he don't had to break it down for us. Because I'm not understanding if they're his, how she has access to it. So I need some understanding on that part. And the second thing about it is, um, Kimora must be slipping on her pimping because she normally mess with men who are coined. You know what I'm saying? Like the men she mess with normally don't need her money and damn sure don't need Russell. So Al, explain to me uh, how this is even possible. <laughs> okay, I got you, Q. All right, guys, listen. And, and Q, you're right. She is always with someone who is coined. In fact, her husband right now is the chairman of Goldman Sachs in Asia, all right? Ooh. And so unfortunately though, he pled guilty to money laundering and foreign bribery because he made $200 million in a, in a development deal. Now, when he pled guilty, he paid back $43.7 million um, as part of the settlement, right? So the issue here is in this particular case, you're right. There's no way she could have stole any stock from him or any stock options or anything from Russell. This is a poor play in PR, if you ask me. Number one, he just came off of the heel of not only a federal investigation domestically, but <laughs> an international investigation. So as you know, everything that he does financially is has to have every I dotted and every T crossed. I think Russell, 
made a poor attempt of trying to bring this up to, like they said, and as you saw, her lawyer commented, was a smear campaign against her and a smear campaign against her husband because they're going through some issues and obviously he is facing more time and more fines. And really, Russell, I, and I rock to Russell Simmons, like I, I think he's cool peoples, but she hasn't been married to like two other people after him. So it, he had time to get stuff out of her name if there was any kind of like gray area. Like why are, why is she so able to access? There should have been a time where, okay, let's split our assets. This is your part. This is my part. You're, you're the ex-wife from like two husbands ago. So why are you still able to even access his shares? And I think what bothers me the most about the situation is that historically they have always had a very good public reputation mm -hmm. of being very good co-parents. And considering the fact, like you said, two husbands down and those girls are both teenagers, like, like late teenagers, I imagine. What in the hell could y'all honestly be at odds about at this point where he would be willing to hurt their mom publicly? Like, did the white man cuss Russell out at Thanksgiving and not invite him to the house? I mean, I'm not understanding because I, I, I swear Kimora's marriages used to be her, the husband, and Russell. Like, all three of them were married together. Right. Well, in this oh. case, they were. It was. It's her present husband, Kimora, and Russell are part of this water deal. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the three of them that probably did some type of position play, a large position play. Obviously, he said, you know, a couple of million, right? Several million. So mm -hmm. um, I think it is the tying of all of their assets and monies together. And she's always kind of brought him along and offered up opportunities because obviously they have kids together. And in this particular case, you know, her new husband just is bad news. You know, he's got caught for laundering money and bribery and it's all going downhill. So I feel like what he's trying to do is a poor play, media play for me to separate himself, right? Um, and it just didn't work out. Speaking of not working out, let's talk about future. Uh, you know what, shout out to Lori Harvey because she's one of the few ladies in America that's uh, got away from future unscathed, unimpregnated. She has a missed period. Um, so, you know, supposedly Future dropped a little song and uh, he, he dropped a snippet of a new, new music he's doing with uh, 42 Doug. And one of the tracks includes the words, tell, tell Steve Harvey, I don't want her. Um, what do you think about Future taking a jab at Lori Car Harvey now that she's moved on? She's with Michael B. Jordan. Is this just attention seeking or wh what do you think about this? I, it's think? definitely attention seeking. It's lame as hell. And I think it lends itself to one of Future's biggest scarlet letters, which is the fact that he gets with somebody and then they move on and do bigger and better. And then the blogs and the media blow up how well said person is doing as a result of leaving Future. Um, I think that hurts. I think when he lays his head down at night to his pillow and, and you, you see the tweets and, and the, the running joke, I mean, it hurts. And I think this is him lashing out um, that Lori... Uh, moved on to be better. And the thing about it, though, instead of lashing out, Future needs to take a page out of these men's book and figure out how he can better align himself um, with his character traits to be like the guys that these women are seeming to leave him for or, or move on to after they leave him. Uh, what do you think about this? Because it seems like they, they when they leave Future, they, if they don't get a baby, usually they do. But when they move on, they end up getting a guy that's like, the total opposite you know what i mean like a really clean cut guy 
that's not out there. I mean, Future, what is he on, like, eight, nine, ten kids from from several different women. He, You know, he's not a young whippersnapper anymore. And, you know, listen, Future's an attractive guy. He's successful. But, like, to have so many women out here and then still be writing songs about your ex, it, it just kind of gives me immature. A little well, bit. I'm going to so tell I, you, I don't, I don't think this has anything to do with Lori Harvey, in my personal opinion. I think that that was directed specifically to Steve Harvey. Because Steve Harvey has gone on interviews and have said that he questioned her relationship and the guys that his daughter messed with, i.e. Future. However, when asked about Michael B. Jordan in the same interview, he said he can't find anything wrong with this guy. In fact, he's better. Now, this is the deal for me. Future's worth $45 million. Michael B. Jordan may be the sexiest or whatever awarded a uh, 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 man alive, but he's not worth anywhere close to $45 million. Future has 23 top 10 hits, 95 songs, and nine number one hits. And, and my, nine babies. And, <laughs> and nine babies. But in my mind, that, that dig was to Steve Harvey because he's like, look, you can't compare me to Michael B. Jordan. I'm very successful. I'm wealthy. I'm at the top of the game in my industry. And I make a lot of money and I'm worth a lot of money. And by the way, I don't want Lori at all. That's my opinion. You know what? But listen, many athletes, and we've seen this happen time and time again, where they're at the top of the game, they got these $100 million contracts, $80 million contracts, $50 million contracts, and they let being un, just not being careful and having all these different kids by different women. Listen, when the, con, when the contracts and the songs ain't popping no more, you still got 16, 17, 15, 14, 13 more years of child support. Right, so I just you know what? he he's just like the athletes that you talked about. They are wealthy young black men at the top of their game. This is what you do when you have choices beyond on top of choices, hundreds on top of hundreds. You know, I mean, this is what happens, especially when you're when you're having sex unprotected. I just feel like he's a rich, successful young artist, and this is a part of the lifestyle. I'm just saying, all this unprotected sex, there's got to be some broil on that peen. <laughs> whoever the hell future lawyers are or his financial people, um, they're doing a damn good job of keeping him from having to pay them women a whole lot of money because some of them say he don't even be paying it and then the other ones acting like they barely getting by. Yeah. Like 2500 a month. Yeah. Girl, I can show you to play crap to make more than that at the casinos. Anyways, before we go to break, real quick, the Puerto Rican princess Jocelyn Hernandez recently said that Wendy Williams tried to reach out to her after their heated exchange weeks ago, but Jocelyn says she's not here for it. Jocelyn says, I don't want to talk to that B word. Do you think this is a bad idea for Jocelyn to not make amends with Wendy Williams? I think it's a horrible idea for Jocelyn to not make amends with Wendy Williams, Jocelyn has got to, uh, you know, she lets the moment overshadow what could be the possibility. She can't see the forest for the trees. I'll give y'all a little behind the scenes tea. I told y'all I filmed two shows for VH1 last week or whatever. And um, there was basically a directive to not speak about her, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the specials that I filmed were surrounding love and hip hop or whatever. And it's like, how do you have a love and hip hop conversation and not talk about Jocelyn Hernandez, one of the people who put that show on the doggone map, but it was suggested to me in a very subtle roundabout way that, 
yeah, we're not to give her too, too much. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's funny because for what Jocelyn does, let's not pretend like there is just this overabundance of opportunities for her. You're not, you don't go from love and hip hop, girl, you're at Zeus and I'm not shading Zeus because they're, they're, they're giving people a rebirth and she's making good money over there. But once that is over, where's you gonna go? You know what I'm saying? And you, you, you foster this mentality or this, this reputation of being difficult to work with or unpredictable. You see what she did on Wendy Williams. Jocelyn cursed me out on live television once before. Um, and I couldn't even say anything back to her because the, the, direct, the directive I was given by Mona Scott Young at the time was, these people are unpredictable. We know you got some sense and we're on live TV. So if things go left, can you please just not go left with it? So while she's sitting on TV cursing me out, I'm just sitting there taking it because, you know, basically Mona asked me to. Um, Jocelyn's got to stop this. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about it is she, she's getting positively rewarded for negative behavior. It's cute right now, but, you know, she needs to look at people like NeNe Leakes and, and some of the other people where they love you when they love you, but the very thing they love you for will be the very thing they use against you as a reason as to why they're not hiring you in the future. So I think Jocelyn needs to slow her roll just a little bit. And Jocelyn is really funny, but she was supposed to be on this show too, but um, it, it, we couldn't let it happen. I mean, the unpredictableness of, of her nature. And I think like, she's charismatic, she's beautiful, and she's actually funny. So if all you have to do is make a, a minor adjustment with how you deal with the media or just thinking of the big picture, make that adjustment so you have longevity and you don't fall by the wayside of some of these other reality stars that thought they were bigger than the moment, bigger than the entertainment business, bigger than the shows that put them on and then have nothing. You don't want to go from being here to here because there's so many people willing to go wild out and, 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 and take your spot and, and, and forget about you by next season. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more TJF after we come back. Hey guys, I'm back with more TGIF with my guys, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. But you know what? I got to talk about this. Guys, because of the pandemic, I found something that is easy and will help you get your meals together, which we all need. A lot of people gain this COVID weight. It's called HelloFresh. Now with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and your mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Now you can skip the trip to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now the meals are ready in 20 minutes or less with the lightning prep recipes and quick breakfasts and lunches. Perfect for your busy schedules. Now, where else can you get over 25 recipes to choose from each week? From vegetarian meals to craft burgers, these recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure it's simple, easy to make, and super delicious. I love to use HelloFresh on a Friday night after shooting TJF because it's too late to go out and cook something from scratch, and they got it all laid out for us. Tonight, I'm making my fave, the firecracker meatballs with roasted green beans and some fantastic jasmine rice. It cooks, cooks in just 40 minutes and only has 780 calories, so that's a great meal, low-calorie meal. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12T and use code 12T for 12 free meals, including shipping. 
We'll be right back, and I want to thank HelloFresh for sponsoring our episode of TJF tonight. We'll see you back in two minutes. Welcome back to TJF with my two favorite fellas that hang out with on a Friday night, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Now, before we went to break, Al, you didn't really get a chance to say anything about the whole Johnson Hernandez comment uh, story, and lots of y'all in the YouTube uh, chat had, had a lot to say. So, Al, what do you think about this? Listen, um, regardless of her challenges with the English language, I really like Jocelyn Fernandez, to be honest with you. I think she's street smart, and she obviously is very successful. She's making a lot of money. Now, does everything always come out of her mouth right? I don't think so. But I think the intent that she had when she was on Wendy Williams was was on mark. I feel like it was just the messenger and how she said it that really came across brass and, you know, unprofessional. She should have said it to Wendy off air. She should have said it to Wendy off air. You don't show up on somebody else's platform in which you're being booked to help promote your show in essence to put more money in your pocket and scold them. That's just not how it works. And it's a fine example of when keeping it real goes wrong. Yes, you can keep it real, but you don't scold nobody on their show. Well, you know, it's so interesting, Q. I agree with that, but think about Wendy Williams' career. She did the exact same thing when she was in her 20s. Jocelyn's in her 20s, and she's feeling herself as a as an entertainer, and I feel like, you know, she, she came, it looked to me that she came to that show with an attitude. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's not in her 20s. And this oh, is the oh. same thing that we do. We do this with Portia Williams and with Jocelyn. We make excuses for them and say, they're young, they're 20. She's like 30-something, closer to 40. Both of them are. And I feel like she's been around for a long enough time. She's she, well, She's got like eight, nine, seven seasons on Love & Hip Hop. Like, at this point, I get the first few years being green. I get the first few years, like, popping off at the mouth and saying stuff like that. But when you've got, like, this many years in the game, at some point, like, you would think that there's been some kind of media training or some kind of, like, listen, I know how you may feel about this woman personally, but this is the kind of black media that's going to help people promote it's going to promote your show and again i I agree maybe taking wendy to the side or having a conversation with her or saying that listen wendy i'm not feeling how you may have said x y and z about me which by the way is not even true wendy consistently has shown love and has 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 complimented jocelyn so i feel like she was i I feel like she was trying to get a moment and i don't know and it worked. Uh, I mean, we're talking about work. it now, and, 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 and she set the internet, she set social media on fire. So I, I'm not, you yeah. know, it, obviously, but I do say, you know. It did work, but you won't get another opportunity to create another moment. So that, that that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like, do you want a, 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 a slow dime or a fast nickel? You know what I'm saying? And she chose the fast nickel. And stop thinking about just Wendy. Like, beyond Wendy, then it's Jimmy Fallon. There's a bunch of other shows you can get on that are watching all these other shows. And I did Wendy, and then I went over to Jimmy Fallon. And, like, you want to be able to elevate and go to all the shows so they can all promote your show. The, the, the object here is to get the most amount of eyeballs on your show, on your network, so you can just, just, just increase your paycheck. Anyways, moving on. Jocelyn, I think you're funny. I think you're beautiful, actually. But, like, a little bit of media training because, like, what are you fussing with talk show hosts for? Like, check her off, off camera and then move on. Okay, moving on. Issa Rae, this woman is doing her thing. She has admitted to there being tension between her and actress Lauren London. In the past, Issa said that a TV executive uh, who was interested in her show, Insecure, suggested that other women like Lauren London should play the lead role. 
Issa was not happy with their feedback, and that made Lauren uncomfortable. Issa said that Lauren's partner, the late Nipsey Hussle, got them to talk it out, and the women bonded over the issue. That's You know what? Everybody that I know that knows uh, Nipsey says nothing but amazing things about him and about how great of a soul this this man was. So kudos to him for, for, for making the type of him with Lauren London and Issa Rae. Uh, can you imagine Issa Rae? Uh, can you imagine, I'm sorry, Lauren playing Issa's role on Insecure? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and no? I, I think that when it comes to this beef, I'm glad they squashed it, but Lauren really, I mean, Lauren really needed to go sit her ass down somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Now I get it. The show blew up, and I think Lauren was looking at it like, "Dog, that could have been me." And she threw salt on my name, or she, you know, she blocked me from getting the role. But if you really take an introspective look at yourself, Lauren, you were not right for this part. And Lauren says that her and Issa sat down and they spoke for two hours. And that, you know, Lauren revealed that deep down inside, she truly is an awkward black girl. And that's fine and well, but I tell people all the time, the truth never matters. It's about perception. Lauren London, you give head cheerleader, most popular girl that all the, the, the athletes and the, and, the, and the quarterback is after. That's what you give. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's the truth or not about how you feel, you don't present as the awkward black girl. You're the pretty girl that's the head cheerleader that all the girls wanna be like and all the athletes are chasing. That is what you give. You weren't right for the role. So it should have now, been- Go ahead. And I'll speak on this. I think this is amazing. This is a good thing to talk about. Like I like to get away from the celebrities and just talk about the thing, the thing it's about. Like the way you perceive yourself and how you think you're presenting to the world versus how people see you. Al, what do you think about this story? Um, I, I thought it was interesting because to me, it was like a play on colorism, if I'm not mistaken. Like they, the TV executives thought that a fair skinned woman should be playing in that role. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If I created the show and I, and I wrote the show like Issa Rae did, and I wanted to be the lead of the show, I'm going to cast myself as the lead of the show. I don't care if it's Lauren London or uh, Oprah Winfrey. I mean, that's just what it is, in my opinion. So that's kind of how I feel about this particular topic. I think this is more about Hollywood changing the narrative around leading women. And in the past, in order to sell in the box office, it always needed to be a light-skinned leading woman. Kudos to Issa Rae for being a dark-skinned writer, a dark-skinned producer, a dark-skinned leading woman, and doing an awesome job. Why is this still a thing, you guys? And I this was is off just script. Why, 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 why is it still with with the? Okay, even if you're extremely disgustingly ignorant, the past year with the 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 uprisings, the protests, the George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter, the and people embracing their African roots after prior in prior years, making fun of things, right? All things African, people finally embracing things proudly. Why is this still a thing? Are they not, they, they're still not reading the room that we want? Even light-skinned folks, like they're just like, uh, we still want to see black faces on our TVs. Why do they think that's the formula? I think this is old white Hollywood executives projecting. I mm. think that they're speaking to their subconscious bias about the palatable black person. 
I don't think people of color give a damn. I have never been in the room around a Latin, a black, or any other minority group where they've been like, I don't wanna watch 227 because the lead person is dark skinned or I don't wanna go to this movie because that that black girl, like I've never heard that before. It's never been a conversation. It's never been a thought. I don't know a one person in my sphere of influence who has not picked up a product or went and saw a movie or anything because of the color of the person's skin. So I, I don't know who this, I, the only thing I can fathom that this is an issue to is white people. Hmm. The problem is white people making television, making decisions for black people without a black person on the board, on the panel, in the production, in the position of power and making these silly moves that we see clearly right through. I, I think it's, it's, it's silly, right? And that's why I commend people like Issa and Shonda for turning the industry on its head. You know, Shonda casting Viola Davis and Carrie Washington in, in, in like leading roles on like blockbuster series. Like mm -hmm. she did that. Um, what she's doing over there with Bridgerton and the, the Black Queen, what Issa did with the Love movie. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I think Issa's beautiful, but she's not the traditional beauty that we've come to see from Hollywood. And I love the fact that she's coming in with her awkward self, her non-traditional beauty and saying, people who look like me can be leading actresses as well. We can carry shows, dark skinned black people can do love comedies, romantic comedies. I love how they are just challenging Hollywood with all these old, outdated, antiquated as norms, as well as challenging the black community. I can't wait. I was just about to say, I can't wait until we get a black supernatural movie, but we did. We love craft country. Um, so I love what's going on in Hollywood right now with people like Issa, and, and we need more of it. And they tried it. Like the, the disrespect, this woman created this, came up with a concept, started on YouTube and really built her show from the ground up. And a thing like skin tone, is a thing you want to just like, well, we need a lighter person. This is, it's so dumb and so ridiculous. Al, you agree? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I just feel like it, it's a process, right? It, you saw how long it took not only America, but, you know, internationally to accept the Black Lives Matter movement, right? This is years and years and years and years and years of content being created this way. So like, when you're a trailblazer, like he said, I mean, it's just great to watch. It's, it's great to watch her change the narrative, to change the expectations and change the way Hollywood looks at all people of color, period. I look at someone like her, I'm like, who cares? I don't even know, like uh, her, her skin tone is irrelevant. She's brilliant. She's funny. She's cute. She's adorable. She's likable. And she's talented, so knock it off with the bullshit. Anyways, before we go to break, real quick, we want to just touch on the story real quick. Brazilian singer MC Kevin fell to his death from a hotel balcony after allegedly trying to hide from his wife following a threesome with the model. Did y'all hear about this story? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so what do you think about this? Like, he fell to his life, to his death, trying to avoid getting caught cheating. I think he took the lesser of two evils. I think he knew he was going to die either way. So you know, for you, you got to be you got to be mighty damn scared of your wife to think that you was going to turn into Spider Man and jump out in them people hotel 
room and fall to your damn death. Um, it's a cautionary tale to men out there. Uh, you shouldn't be going around cheating on your wives. And, you know, I just want to know, is she going to attend the fume? The what? The fume. The what? The fume. Is she going to attend it? You mean the, the prostitute that they hired? The, no, the, the wife. The huh? funeral. I want to know if the wife going to attend the fume. Of course she's going to attend the funeral. You read her message. Uh, I thought, I think that there's something more to this story than, than what they're reporting. So I, I actually did a little bit more research on this show. I mean, on this particular show topic. So the deal is, it's this MC Kevin and his best friend, Victor, decided that they wanted to have a threesome with this model, okay? Now, allegedly, they go back to her to a room that they rented to do the threesome, right, which is on the fifth floor. He and his wife stayed on the 11th floor. So my question is, how did the wife even know that he was on the fifth floor? And also, allegedly, uh, she knocked on the door. Like, why do you just open the door and say that the girl was with the guy, the other guy, Victor? Why would you try to jump off of the balcony to go to a lower balcony to sneak away? I don't, I don't understand. The whole story just reeks of something. It smell, I smell a rat, and I'm not sure really what it is, but I think in the next couple of days, we're going we're gonna to really get to see what it's all about. Did the model have a dick? No, but what's interesting is they questioned the actual proposal of the three and what, was the three, what did the threesome actually entail? Mm. Well, Darwin's law. Everybody ain't meant to make it, I guess. <laughs> you know. Survival of the fittest. We're going to take a quick break before I get in any more trouble. We'll be back with more TGIF when we return. Welcome back to TGIF. Okay, before we go, a college graduate who happens to be a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated went viral after posting his graduation photo in a pink suit <laughs> and black high heels. Now, the college graduate received immediate backlash for rocking a pair of heels while representing the historic fraternity. Do you think the man was out of line uh, for wearing those heels? Are people overreacting? And our very own Justin Hart said, Kappas would never. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get on what the Kappas do. You know, I think I'm, I'm best qualified to speak about this. I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. In addition to my funky Dineva character, I bend gender norms all the time. I wear heels, dresses, makeup, and wigs and stuff, but there's a time and a place. This is completely wrong. It's inappropriate. I've been reading through a lot of the comments, and the people who don't seem to understand it are the people who are not Greek. When you sign up to be a part of a certain organization, there's just a certain uniform, a certain protocol, a certain way you're supposed to carry yourself when you are representing that organization. A lot of people who don't know about Greek life were saying things like, well, he wasn't at an alpha event. It does not matter. He was representing the organization. You signed up to be in these people's stuff and you are to adhere to the standards that they set in order to be a member of their stuff. I go into deep detail about this on my YouTube channel if you want to hear more. But Al, as a Kappa, I'm curious to know what you think. 
You know, I was just yeah. glad it wasn't one of my brothers that, that were called in the hills. But, you know, I'm, I'm the reason why I'm chuckling is uh, in my family, my brother is an alpha. So when I saw this, this was fuel for the fire, right? It was like I went in on him hard, like A5. <laughs> but no, I agree with you 100% Q. And that that is a part of the membership and being a part of that bond. It comes with a responsibility. And I think in this particular case, he exercised irresponsibility. Well, fellas, we are out of time. Thank you so much. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Thanks for watching us. You can catch us each week at our new time, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Stay tuned. The Tammy Mac Late Show is up next. But first, Foxhole's Deals is up. We will see you next time. Bye, fellas. Bye.